Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back. Another exciting episode. We got somebody very special zooming in. Amy Brooke. Amy is a going concern as a real estate entrepreneur, and she's going to be sharing her experiences. They've done a lot very, very, very quickly. Right? Amy and her husband, Nigel, have built up a significant portfolio. And correct me if I'm wrong, Amy, but like was it seven or nine properties in your first year? Or number seven, of months? it was. Seven Se in we, did, we did six in six months and then seven in 10 months in total. Wow, that is impressive. So welcome to the show, Amy. Great to have you here. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So let's take a little look at the portfolio that you have created in such a short period of time. Tell us a little bit about what is your primary investing strategy and, and where do you guys hold most of your properties? Yeah, sure. So um, so the birth strategy is what we're all about. I think um, that's a strategy that we'll always use. We just love adding value. The properties that we've got are all small multifamily. So we have um, uh, we started off with six duplexes and then the last one we bought was a single family that we did set up as an Airbnb. It's now a medium term rental because that town changed the bylaws. That was in Godrich. Um, the first two duplexes we bought within, I think it was like five days a week apart of each other. Wow. Um, that was they're in St. Mary's, which is just a little town outside of Stratford. Um, and then the next four, they're in Alma, which is a town, a small town again, just outside of uh, St. Thomas and London area. So, so <laughs> here's I'm just thinking this as I'm listening to you. You've got this lovely British accent. We've got a lot of American listeners, they're gonna think. That this is all happening in England. Where where are you buying these properties? Because we're hearing London. I mean, all yeah, these British I, sounding town names too. I probably should give a, a little rundown. <laughs> that um, yeah, I'm originally from England in the UK. Both my myself and my husband are. We moved to Canada uh, 11 years ago. So we did actually start investing back in the UK a long time ago, but didn't know what we were doing back then. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we, we live in Ontario now and we, we're investing in Ontario and that's kind of where we're continuing our strategy for this year. All right. Because those are all very English sounding city names yeah. for, for non Canadians. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> okay. Very, very interesting. So what sparked this just massive leap into real estate investing what what got you guys going with that um so a couple of things so firstly i've always loved real estate i bought my first property when i was 19 year old back in wow. the uk um, well, that's a big deal because properties are crazy expensive if i'm not mistaken in the uk there so. wasn't back then i'm 43 <laughs> i'm 43 now so well, was i was gonna say well that was like four, you know five or six years ago what are you talking about <laughs> no yeah well thank you but um yeah back it was well, like 99, um, that I bought my first property, sold it for double the price a few years wow. after, and then got caught up in a, a bidding war, uh, ended up buying something with, you know, it needed, it was a complete gut job. We got ripped off by contractors. And then I met my husband. Um, and that was actually the property. We lived there for a couple of years, but that was the property that we kept. And we actually had that as a rental for about 13 years. Um, learned a lot, um, didn't have a clue what I was doing, sold it when we should have refinanced it. Um, so, and I always, I always loved real estate. I just never, I never dived in to learn about it. And right. the cash flow that we was getting from that was, it was like a, a couple of hundred pound a month. Um, 
But I was just thinking, well, I didn't really understand the rest of the benefits. Mm. So in the UK, the big difference is uh, any investment property, you can only put that on what they call a buy-to-let mortgage, which is an interest-only mortgage. So in my mind, I was like, well, you don't get the you're not, benefit. You're, not, of you're not paying down your mortgage. You're not no. creating so really like, equity. Like how, how are people doing this? How are they yeah. making money from it? I'm making a, you know, it's a lot of effort for a couple of hundred pound a month. Right. Um, and so I just kind of like, you know, went elsewhere. I, you know, you know, plowed myself into my career. Um, and then we did move uh, to Canada uh, 11 years ago. And again, I always like, I've always looked at real estate. The one thing that we have done is, We've always moved house every three or four years. So um, within his primary re- residence, we'd always added value and, you know, put work into that. So we were never scared of renovations. So mm. what we had done, which we didn't realize, is we'd accumulated quite a big uh, HELOC that we could have access to. Okay. But it wasn't until the main driver, to be honest, was in, 20, in January 2020, just before COVID hit, I, I lost my dad. And that was just, I think when something like that happens, you just get that big, you know, like kick to think, oh my God, like time is precious. And, you know, he went through a a lot of challenges and in all honesty, I just sat back and thought, you know, what? I'm going to learn how to be rich. (laughs) Like literally that was my, my thought process. I'm like, there's got to be, I know I can do more in this life. I I don't know how, but I'm going to figure it out. Mm. So, um, yeah. So you, you want to learn how to be rich in order to, because rich is great, but in order to do what? To have more time oh, for you and your family? Or what, what was yeah. your thoughts there? So definitely to have more time. There's a little bit more behind it. My dad mm. um, always dreamed of having a Sunseeker yacht. And mm. there's, a, there's a whole story behind yeah. that. He, uh, he, he struggled a little bit. And it was mainly coming from that. So I, I didn't really know at the time what it meant. I just was like, I'm going to learn how to be rich because I'm going to yeah. get my dad's yacht. Even I'm going to, mm. you know, he's going to look down at me and see that, I got him the yacht. Nice. Um, yeah. So, so that was kind of the uh, original driver. Um, and then, you know, I'm I'm a CPA. I work in finance. So I thought, right, okay, I've got to be able to, you know, figure out stocks and get into that side of it. And I, I did that for a little bit. And I'm like, I just don't enjoy this. <laughs> um, and then um, I don't blame you. I, yeah. And then I read, I listened to Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah. Um, that was probably a starting point. And I just started learning as much as I could. And the biggest like light bulb that I just could not believe is when I realized that, you know, in Canada, it's repayment, capital repayment mortgages, not buy to let. And it, I was like, oh, my God, let's go. I've got some time to make up. Now I've learned this. Um, and then I started learning the birth strategy. Uh, we learned that we could use as HELOC. So, yeah, we go off we, to the so races. Properties. Yeah. And so we. We knew that we had this big HELOC. We knew that we could, you know, maybe get three properties with 20% down. So, sorry, the um, HELOC on the property, where's the property you have the HELOC on? Is it back that's in the a, that's our No, that's our primary residence now. In Canada. Okay. Yes, oh. that yeah, we're yeah. in now. So, we, um, so yeah, we, we used that for the first three properties um, and did conventional lending. Even though, like, I knew the birth strategy, I knew about private lending. I'd learned a lot about that. It just right. felt comfortable at the beginning for us to kind of go ahead but it also gave us the courage to just go ahead quick because i yeah. just felt like i had 10 years to make up for well, you know uh, you, you um, made up for it in yeah. record time yeah that's okay so yeah. right now you've got you said seven properties in the portfolio right now six yeah. of them are these duplex 
properties and is that correct? Are they single family homes with suites in them or are they actual duplexes? So all six were duplexes. We have converted one to a legal triplex. We finished nice. that last year. Um, and then we are just finishing off um, another one, converting it to a triplex, which was um, a detached double garage that we've okay. converted. Uh, so, you know, a garden suite, I guess. So, and then we have just um, started working on the one of the other duplexes, which we're converting to a fourplex. That's an old, it's an old chapel that we, we did purchase it as a legal duplex. Um, but yeah, we've just gone through the rezoning and managed to get that approved just. Um, and so we're just starting work on that now. Well, that's exciting. So you're, you're, you're adding, yeah, you're buying duplexes and in a number of cases, adding a third unit to them, which is going to increase the value of the whole property. It's definitely going to increase your cash flow on the whole property and, and just make them much, much more enticing. Well, better for you guys. I, I imagine you're holding on to these long-term. Is that correct? Is that the Yeah. The yeah. That, that's the plan. I mean, unless, you know, there's any changes, obviously we yeah. want to, you know, make sure we've got like good quality properties in this portfolio. So we might of turn course. around, but the, yeah, the, the long-term strategy is buy and hold. So with doing this many deals that quickly, my goodness, there must've been quite the learning curve. So I, I'm just personally curious, you were doing that in a time where the labor market was pretty tight. How did it work with contractors and then supply chain challenges and all that kind of stuff that was happening and is currently happening thanks to good old COVID? Yeah. Um, well, we started, we was more or less renovating straight away. The first one was vacant at one side. So we, we renovated that um, nice. and we converted the loft as well. We ended up doing the other side, but a, a year later. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we was literally, we was renovating from the beginning. We, we had one contractor early days that did a few jobs for us. Um, it w wasn't perfect and we had a bit of a learning there. We'd yeah. learned a lot about contractors back in the UK and even yeah. here as well. So we, yeah. we, we didn't have any contractors out in the area that we was in. But mm -hmm. what I did is, um, is I just asked on Facebook, uh, like on Facebook groups within that town, if they could recommend anybody and just started Ooh, meeting idea. people. Yeah, I asked for references. If they told me that they could start next week, I didn't go with them. Like that was a big learning, you know, back in the UK. <laughs> if they yeah. say I'm ready to start, it's like, no, okay, I'll, uh, I'll, I want somebody who can't start for six weeks at least. <laughs> so um, that was a learning for us. But we ended up um, getting a good relationship with a contractor that we're using now. Um, and we just built up the, the trust with them. I mean, it, it's hard to start with, but, um, you know, we've got a good relationship with him now. And then we've got Handyman. We had another contractor that we used and we've got, we've got quite a few trades now around. Um, and yeah, like the majority of them, you know, we'd use them again and we can trust them. But it was definitely challenging in, it was around September time in 2021. And we had, five units being renovated on the go wow, at the same, at the time. same time and yeah. and we was literally running from one to because we put quite a bit of sweat equity in ourselves we, we usually do the painting we okay. didn't end up doing all of it but we actually enjoyed painting but the challenge is we both work full-time we had um a two-year-old 
little boy. He's four wow. now at the time. So yeah. we, we don't have family in Canada to look after him. So he came everywhere with us. Um, just like <laughs> watching learned, his learned, learned the trades pretty early. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was learning really early on, bless him. And um, and yeah, so it was pretty crazy. But your question on, you know, did we see the um, the impact with delays and everything? We did, I think. There was nothing that really stands out that really held us back too much. But we, mm. I think we were delayed a few times by maybe about four weeks max. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, th- I think we were quite lucky though, because we got a lot of our big Renaults done by the end of 2021. 20, um, and then I think we did like four renovations last year. No, maybe five. Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because you've, you've, you've kind of got these properties, you've purchased them all um, in a short period of time. Some of them were, were vacant. So you could start doing the Renaults. Others, you kind of had to wait until tenant turnover so you could start because good good old Ontario, very favorable favorable landlord tenant rules yeah. in the favor of the tenants, that's for sure. Definitely. So um yeah, that that would take a little while to get things get things rolling there. So you got that side of the equation for learning experiences. What about going from, you know, you'd you'd manage tenants in the UK a little bit, but like one tenant at a time. And now poof, now you've got 10 or 12 or 14 tenants or whatever that looks like. How about that learning curve, Amy? So the one thing that we took away from our learning in the UK is Mm. that we definitely wanted a property manager. So when even we, we did actually purchase the properties and then look for a property manager, Mm. um, to be fair. Um, but we did speak to a lot of different property managers. Um, and and luckily we found one and they you know they helped us grow with that and it it was really nice for us just to get the renos done and then literally you know call her up and like right we're ready to go on this unit hand it over to you and that was it so yeah so we did that and that that really helped us uh scale because yeah I didn't like that was a lot to learn it's you know right a lot to learn on that side and it's different in Ontario versus the UK right. um not that I really knew too much in the UK but we have actually we have actually moved away from that now and we've set up our own corporation for our own to manage our own properties. Mm. Um, so we've just started with that this year. Um, and that was a decision really, you know, to help us grow and, and scale. Um, it is a challenge. That. Property management companies can be wonderful. They can be an absolute nightmare as well. But bottom line is they're never, ever going to care anywhere near as much as you do about your properties. And, and um, especially in tenant, overly tenant friendly locations like Ontario, getting a bad tenant in a property can be disastrous because it's so difficult to get rid of them. So yeah, it's yeah. making sure and you got the right screening and the doing everything according to plan. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah. We yeah. Did, we've definitely had a fair share of uh, challenges with tenants. We've done cash for keys a few times. We've We've had tenants not paying. We just had a hearing last week for one. So yeah, there's definitely been some some learnings there. We just started to get into a good place, touch wood. But um, yeah, last year was challenging. So what are your plans for the next year, Amy? Where do you see yourself 12 months from now? If you could wave that, like I call it, the realistic magic wand. Where where do you guys, you and your husband, Nigel, want to be 12 months from now? With, so, your, with your real estate portfolio, I mean. Yeah, so we are um, we're starting to ramp up now. So last year was a little bit of a 
we we felt we were very harsh on ourselves because we didn't buy a property last year when in fact we stabilized everything we had we had three uh, mortgages 100% private lending we had hard money loans we paid everything back last year and got everything stabilized onto a lender mortgage so it was yeah. thank you it was a, so it was a big year but we were harsh on ourselves that we didn't buy anything like yeah. we we felt like we didn't keep going but we obviously did when i look back now um but now this year we've you know, we've really worked on us processes. We've got a great account and I've got a bookkeeper now. It's amazing. And well, you're, we just you're read in that it. field. So yeah, you should know a thing or two about that. Do you know what? Well, I'm in finance. I'm not in accounting. Oh, okay. and, and I sit and the, I sit with the bookkeeper and the accountant that I deal with. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to do that <laughs> the, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I do like financial modeling and analysis. That's more my kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, we, uh, this year, our plan is to start working with joint venture partners. Okay. So we are just starting now to, it's like that next step to really reach out to people um, and build uh, an investor list. Mm-hmm. Um, but more so to actually help people because I think I, I, I didn't like, there's so much that I've learned and you kind of go on this journey of you just kind of focused on yourself uh, and, and how our, our journey and I was always like, we've raised some capital, but I was always really nervous thinking as if I'm asking people for money for mm. our benefit. And I've really turned my mindset around now that Good. no, I can really help people. So we actually like, we love doing like duplex conversions, adding, you know, units. We love working with the town and figuring that part out. We've gone through like a couple of rezonings now. So mm. we'd like to, um, just really build on what we've learned already and kind of get a bit of a rinse and repeat, but where we can help people or we can use, you know, joint ventures uh, like partners as the finance partner and we can be the active partner in that. And the plan is that um, by the end of this year, I'm actually going part-time. My company have been amazing and they're good with that. So it'll help me, um, you know, really put a lot more time into this. Excellent. So yeah, you're, you're so right because all of us, when we get started with real estate investing, it's kind of me, 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 here's what I want to do. And here's, here's my plan, which is fine. That's kind of makes sense. Right. Plus you got to build up. It's always helpful if you got a little bit of a track record before you start bringing on joint venture partners yeah. or investors, you got proof of concept, but just like you mentioned, Amy, at some point you start to realize, Hey, the skill set that we've developed and not just the skills, the education, the the experience, just the wherewithal to actually do it, to actually pull the trigger, to implement, is something that most people don't have. And I'm sure you've you've seen this over the last few years, Amy, because I know you're part of different groups. The 80-20 rule comes into play, even amongst real estate investors. So if you're in a group of real estate investors or a real estate investment club, chances are, 20% are the heavy duty, go for it, go for it kind of people. And 80% are kind of on the edges, tiptoeing around, thinking about it, scared to pull the trigger, but they they understand it. So if you're able to bring an opportunity to the table and they can partner with somebody with experience, that's what they need. That's that's what they need. And then you got, on the other hand, you've got the rest of humanity who are not what I call lovingly referred to as real estate weirdos like like us, right? Regular people that don't have the time, energy, or interest in doing all of that themselves. And they, but they would benefit so much from 
investing with somebody like you because you're able, you're able to help them do something they can't or will not do on their own and get much better returns on their money compared to stocks, bonds, mutual funds, what have you. So it really is a win-win scenario when you do it properly. So what, what are your, what are your plans? You guys want to, you and Nigel want to scale up over the next year. What does that mean? What does that look like? Cause you set a pretty high bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so this, so really we want to focus on small multifamily with like one joint venture partner, ideally not like, well, one for each deal. Yeah. Um, just to really, just to really kind of scale on what we've learned already. And we know yeah, and what is, what does small multifamily mean to you? I what guess like four, four, like four, five units and, and less Got than it. that. So really, you know, like, like duplex conversions, garden suite, like adding uh, ADUs, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, that's where, that's where this primary focus is on. Um, however, we are also deep into learning about larger multifamily Mm-hmm. Um, and I would like to purchase something, um, ideally that we own ourselves and just do private lending for it that we can turn around. Mm-hmm. But I, we are looking this year for something above like a six to 12 unit, uh, mm-hmm. maybe six, maybe six to 20. I don't know. Push yeah. the bat to 20, whatever. Um, but yeah, we are looking for something like that for ourselves as well. Um, we were originally looking for another Airbnb. It's kind of, I, I've thought a lot about this. Um, so for one the financing at the minute, uh, we we wanted we thought we could push for one more a lender mortgage, but we want to make sure that we turn around the the chapel that we're working on and get right. that fourplex conversion and make sure we can pull as money out of that. So we've put another residential purchase on hold for now. Um, but with the Airbnb, I didn't I didn't feel like I had a good go at it, and I actually really enjoyed it. Um, and now it's we're just using it as a midterm rental. So that's kind of that was something that we had in his head. But actually, I just think that we can build a process and help people more. So, you know, we're probably just putting that to one side for now. Got it. Well, focus in one direction. Yeah, exactly. That's what I always recommend when we're working with clients is, you know, especially people like yourself that have experience doing a variety of different things is that's great. You don't necessarily have to stop doing that. But when it comes to your investor communications, when it comes to what you're putting out there to try and generate interest from prospective joint venture partners, it really is helpful to be seen as a specialist. And you are a specialist. You've got, you know, the majority of your experience has been with these small multifamily burrs. So here's the good news. You know, you can rinse and repeat that no problem. And scaling up from having duplexes and triplexes to fourplexes and fiveplexes and sixplexes, that isn't a big leap. Like people, people can say, okay, well, Amy's, they've done this. They've got all of these units. Yeah. Going up to a slightly bigger property. No big deal. That's, that's in the wheelhouse, right? So mm-hmm. if you kind of focus, doesn't mean don't look at a, a bigger properties, of course you can, but when it comes to your marketing and your communications for right now, that's, what's going to generate the most interest because you've got the, the best track record with that. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. So again, moving ahead, let's say 12 months, where do you guys, how many more properties do you want to add to your portfolio? Or are you going to be counting it as rental units or what, what do you kind of have in mind there, Amy? Um, I have in, in mind just to keep going and 
Elfin as no many people as possible. Just, so like yeah. there's there's a three hundred uh, unit mark that's in my head. Um but yeah, it's uh, for eventually down the road, however that however that yeah, looks. However that yeah. looks. I, I genuinely really, really enjoy the the creativity of looking at I, I love I, I sound really sad, but I love looking at like site plans and everything and just figuring out um I don't like figuring out where the parking's going to be and, you know, where we can, <laughs> yeah. where we can put the bathroom and where like the plumbing needs to be and everything. I, I love that side of it. Um, I like a kid with and, Lego. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, and I also love both myself and my husband, we, we enjoy facilitating the trades and making sure, you know, everybody needs to be at the right place. Kind of the, we, the general contracting type thing. Exactly. Yeah. The gen, yeah. like the, just the communication of, you know, making sure that everybody's where they need to be. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think like, I, I personally think now that that's a good combination and that's what we're trying to seek to and, and keep working on. Oh, that is wonderful. The raising capital is the bit that I'm going to, uh, that I I'm on a mission to, to get better at now. And yeah. I think it comes with, like I say, it's just that, you know, being able to, realize that you can position it it's not about me it's about other people and you know that was a big learning for me back in the day for sure amy it's it's about it's about showing people what's in it for them how they benefit you know uh other other things that that we really encourage people to do is you show people the the good side of the deal but you also show people the the not so good side what what are the potential pitfalls but don't just leave them hanging and say hey if that were to happen here's what we would do right so here's the challenges and here's our plan to avoid that or deal with it should it happen and then that way they've just got a very um well-rounded view of of what's going to happen the other big tip i always have for people is when you're cuz i'm sure you've got some of these properties that were just absolute home runs right out of your portfolio some of them are just kind of like holy crap we, that that was amazing have you got yeah, a few of those a, we had a few perfect burrs yes yeah so <laughs> here's the counterintuitive don't show those ones don't show those right. ones to your your prospective investors because one of two things is going to happen either they're going to see the returns and they're not a real estate person like us and the the returns are going to seem too good to be true and they're going to go, oh, something doesn't seem right here. So that might scare them off. Or worse is, or just as bad at least, the greed gland kicks in and that sets up that expectation. Hey, mm-hmm. oh, this is this is how it should work all the time. Well, what are the chances of it happening all the time? Like you can't, you can't yeah. hit a home run every single time you go up to bat. So it's always better, especially now that you've got this good portfolio. When you are showing people your deals, pull out a a good little plain vanilla type deal one that's it's doing okay but it's not a rock star and it's but it's it's something that you can pretty confidently assume that you'll be able to replicate does that make sense Amy? that's really yeah i i didn't actually think of that but that's really good advice yeah thank you i will oh. do that yeah it totally <laughs> makes sense <laughs> so amy this has been great if people are interested in finding out more about you and what you're up to What's the number one people place uh, pe- place that people can connect with Amy Brooke? So on Instagram, we are SPS Investments. And on Facebook, I'm just Amy Brooke. Very good. Amy, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun and keep up the good work. I can't see what, can't wait to see what you guys do over the next few years. 
Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. My pleasure. All right, everybody. Stay tuned for our next episode.